Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Welcome to week two of our message series called All the Things. Can you say all the things? All the things. things. We're talking about the one thing that changes everything in our life. Our theme verse for this series kind of frames everything that we're talking about over the next uh, or over the four-week message series is out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You'll see this on the screen. Say this out loud with me, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Hey, quick question as we get going this morning. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to get distracted in life? Right? It's pretty easy. Like whether you have ADD or ADHD or you don't, like it's easy to get distracted. I think of an environment like this and how easy it probably is even for you in this moment as I'm talking to get distracted and to think about like where are you going to eat for lunch or kind of looking across the room and saying, why is that person acting so weird over there? Or look at his socks like they're polka dots. What are you talking about? Um, We all get distracted. It's easy. Like even for me, it's easy up here to get distracted, watching some of you guys eating potato chips during a service and crying babies and thank God we got a mother's room now. Hey, what's up with that? But um, we get distracted, like people snoring in the service. Like it's amazing how, um, how distracting things can be. I remember, uh, and Andrea didn't want me to share um, this story, but I really felt the Holy Spirit's leading and sharing it. Um, <laughs> That's a setup. <laughs> I remember um, when we were in Washington and we were pastoring and, and uh, in the church before it got renovated, we had pews and we'd be in the service and I would hear this like, this like clip noise that would happen like periodically through the service and it was, it was kind of faint, but you can kind of hear it. I remember um, in a staff meeting, like even asking all the staff, like, are you guys hearing this clip noise that's happening during the service or am I the only one? And they're like, yeah, we can hear it, but we don't really know where it's coming from. And um, we didn't discover what that clip was until we ended up pulling out all of the pews and replacing it with seats um, in the area because when we started pulling out pews, um, one of those, the second row on the left-hand side, as we started to pull that out, fingernails started to fall out of the padding of the pews. <laughs> Y'all, somebody was clipping their fingernails during the service, and then they would take the fingernail clippings and they would stuff them between the back seat and the, and the back of the pew. Oh my gosh, distractions. Distractions, you know, it's, it's a fight to keep from getting distracted, but I want to tell you this morning, it's worth the fight. It's worth the fight to keep from getting distracted, and today I want to show you why. If you're taking notes today, I've entitled today's message, The Danger of Distraction, The Danger of Distraction. Hey, before we jump into... Today's message, this is a heads up. Last week I'd mentioned we were going to talk about uh, the legacy offering and give you an update on how that went. 
and I really sensed the Lord was kind of moving today in a different direction. So that will be next week. We're going to kind of do the big reveal next week. So make sure you come and be a part of that. And then second, uh, you may know we are in, uh, we've just finished up the first week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's been an amazing week as we've kind of pushed away some of the things that our body craves and uh, just to, to try to go into a season where we're putting God first and we're allowing God to change some things within us. And so I'd encourage you, if you haven't jumped in yet, there's still plenty of time. You can go to transformtlh.com forward slash prayer. And there you'll find a lot of information about the prayer nights that we do, we're doing every Monday night at 6.30. You'll see some Bible reading uh, that you can join uh, a bunch of us in a Bible reading plan. You'll also see some information about fast. There's a lot of varieties of fast, uh, not just food. So uh, make sure you head there and I'd love for you to join us as we finish up over the next two weeks. Well, hey, before we jump into... The message today, let's say our prayer together. Let's invite the Holy Spirit into this moment. Say it out loud with me. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, grab your Bibles, grab your smartphones, and I want you to head to the book of Haggai. Uh, yeah, Haggai. Some of you are like... Where the heck is Haggai? Well, um, Haggai is a short uh, book in the Old Testament. If you go to the book of Matthew and kind of back up a few books, you'll see Haggai there. It's got two short chapters, but I believe it's a powerful word that God wants to, to share with us today. And we're going to spend, just so you know, the next uh, three weeks in the book of Haggai. And so you can read uh, the two chapters if you'd like to kind of get ahead. But while you're beginning to make your way there, just a little bit of backstory to set up what we're gonna talk about today because context is key. You see, what we're gonna read today is about a, is a, a specific word giving to a specific group of people. But I think what we're gonna recognize is that through this word that it reveals a lot about God's heart and it offers us some some really some timeless truths that we can apply in our own lives. You see, as we're leading up to the book of Haggai, the people of Israel, God's chosen people, had been in the promised land for, I don't know, about 800 years at this time. And, and just like all of us, over time, what began to happen is they began to kind of seek after their own wants and their own desires, putting those things ahead of God, and uh, you can guess what began to happen because it happens to all of us when we do that. Their hearts began to grow distant towards God. Well, God was gracious, and instead of punishing them right away, he sent prophets to them to try to convince them that they needed to change their ways, to change what they were doing. And like many of us, they ignored the warnings, they continued to do their own thing, and eventually what happens is that God has enough, and so he allows the foreign nation of Babylon, which if you didn't know, that's present-day Iraq, he allowed this foreign nation of Babylon to conquer them, to wipe out their temple, which is where they would go and worship, and to take them captive. And I don't know if you remember me saying last week, but God is not a God of second chances, he's a God of another chance. 
And we see that in this story with the people of Israel, that God gives the people of Israel another chance by making a way for them to to return, to, to leave captivity, to come back home and to rebuild the temple. But there's a problem. And the problem is, is that they get back home and they build the foundation of the temple, they build the altar of the temple, and then they get distracted. And for 15 years, 15 years after God had been patient with them and given them another chance and another chance and another chance, 15 years goes by. And they don't lift a finger to continue rebuilding the temple. Well, you can guess what God does with that. He has something to say about it. And that's where we kind of drop into the story is what God had to say about the people of Israel and to the people of Israel that had experienced so much grace and mercy from God, so much change in their life. But yet when they got back to their hometown, They got distracted and focused on their own things. And look what God says in verse two. He says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says, that the people, talking about the people of Israel, are saying this, that the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. In other words, what they're saying is that they've started to put all the things, remember Matthew 6, 33? putting all the things ahead of God. And God says in verse three that the Lord said through the prophet Haggai, and this is where it starts getting a little bit heavy. He says, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Church, today's not really a message about, hey, like we're gonna take this mountain and we're gonna, we're gonna leave here and I got, I got all this like, like lift up, hurrah kind of message. Today is a growth message. Today's an opportunity for us to open our hearts and to ask the Holy Spirit, where am I in my journey with you? Am I putting you first or am I chasing all the things, and this story helps us to see God's heart and some timeless truths that we can apply to our life today. God saying here in this moment, kind of in our context is, listen friends, something is wrong with this picture that though you're focused on your own stuff, you're building your media rooms, you're building your pools, You're buying boats, you're buying cars, designer clothes. You're chasing after success. All while my house lies in ruins. And and God is like in verse five, he says, look at this. He says, look at what's happening to you. Can you hear the disappointment And the tone and God's voice in this question, look at what's happening to you. And then God begins to do something quite interesting. He begins to kind of read their mail, to look in their life and to begin to point out 
what they are experiencing, the lack of fulfillment that they are experiencing in their life because they're pursuing all the things rather than seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says this in verse six, that you have planted much, but harvest little. You ever felt that way in your life? Like you work hard, you do a lot, you're, you're doing everything you know to do, but, but there's little return in your life. He says you eat, but are not satisfied. You keep drinking, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can't keep warm. Your, your wages, look at this, your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. In other words, people, have you noticed that this, no matter what you chase, as you chase all the things in your life, it never feels like it's enough. Like you never feel like you get to the place where you say everything that I've chased is worth it. In other words, you keep chasing all these things and look where it's getting you to. You look for satisfaction and you look for fulfillment and all these things, and they're not necessarily bad things. We talked about that last week. They're not necessarily bad things, but he says, don't you see that none of them satisfy you? That none of them satisfy you? That you keep chasing and you keep chasing and you keep setting goals and you keep setting New Year's resolutions to do this better and this better and this better and you keep chasing it and it keeps leaving you disappointed and discouraged and depleted. I think God says it again and I, I don't know if you've ever like put this together, but anytime in the Bible God says something again, we should probably take notice, right? And God says again in verse seven, Look, look people at what's happening to you. A friend, put yourself in their shoes for a moment. They love God. They love God. But everything around them seems to be in disorder and seems to be devastated. And the whole idea of working to rebuild their their own homes, friend, it's not necessarily bad that they're doing that. But what God is trying to help them see is putting their house ahead of his house does become a bad thing. And he's trying to help them see that it never satisfies when we live, live our life this way. And then he charges them in verse eight, he says, now go up into the hills. Bring down the timber and rebuild my house. And he says, then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. He says in verse nine, that you hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when he brought your harvest home, look, look what it says. God says, I, I blew it away. Why did he allow that to go through their fingertips? He says here, because my house lies in ruins. 
while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. And this next verse, this next verse shocked me this week. He said in verse 10, it's not because of Satan coming against you and causing all of your labor to not work out, causing all of your hard work and your aspirations and your goals and your efforts. It's not because Satan is coming against you. And sometimes it is, but he's saying in this moment, it's not because Satan is coming against you. (laughs) It's because of us. It's because we've gotten distracted. It's because we've allowed all the things in our life to be the priority in our life rather than what Jesus said in Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God. Last week I said it doesn't say seek only the kingdom of God. Like Jesus knows that we've got a lot of things in our life and he knows that life is juggling a lot of things. But what Jesus is saying is that if we will, out of all the things, put God's will in his way first in our life, then he will add all the things to us. And we see this like amazing principle that's super hard for our human nature to really accept. We can chase after all the things and we can work hard and we can try to have all the money to try to take away all the cares of the world. And Jesus says, and God is saying here that every time we live our lives that way, we end up unfulfilled, not satisfied and empty. Because friend, that wasn't the life you and I were designed to live. And anytime something operates outside of the, what it was created for, it's either dysfunctional or it doesn't work right. And God is like, friend, listen, you can work as hard as you want to. You can do whatever you want to try to do. But if you don't put me first in your life, it's never going to work out the way that you hoped it would. He says here that it's, it's because of you that the heavens withhold due. Notice that. It's because of us that the heavens and our distraction, not putting God first, that it's because of that that the heavens withhold from our lives. The dew and the earth, that it produces no crops. It made me think this week as a parent, like how many times Andrea and I have had to discipline our children by taking something away from them that they value, that they spend a lot of time on in order to get their attention, to get them focused on the right thing. That action as a parent is not an action of beating down over their head. It's an action of seeing more potential in them than they see in themselves. And because of their age and their immaturity and their inability to see life from the same perspective 
As we see life, having been there and done that, we step in as parents, as loving parents, and we take away something that they value, that they treasure, in order to get their attention, hoping that they will change their ways. And could it be that sometimes in our life that God does that to us? Could it be that we chase after all the things in our life and then we get upset and we blame God because things are taken away from us and things don't work out the way that we thought that they were supposed to work out? And could it be that the loving father allowed some things to go through his fingers, withhold some blessings from our life in order to get our attention, to help us see that the direction that we're going in life is not a direction that will benefit us for the rest of our life. And God says here in verse 11, he says, I have, I have called for a drought on your fields and your hills. A drought to wither the grain and the, the grapes and the olive trees and all the other, other crops. A, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything that you have worked so hard to get. I mean, I mean when we read this outside of the perspective of a loving father like we are to, we are as parents to our kids, that will smack a hand whenever, the, whenever your baby, right, was putting their hand up on the stove and you smacked a hand that created a little bit of pain and shock value so that your child would understand that there's something hot up there that will hurt them, that they don't see themselves. When you start to look at God in these words through that perspective, it sheds a little bit of light that maybe, maybe there are some blessings in our life that God so longs to bring into our life. But because we have gotten distracted, and again, not necessarily all bad things, but distracted with other things, and we've quit putting him first, that those blessings are withheld. I mean, the people loved God. And honestly, they weren't necessarily even sinning. I mean, God never calls them out for sin in this passage of scripture. He calls them out for being distracted and putting other things first. I mean, could it be that the reason why things aren't kind of clicking in our life the way that we hope that they would click is it's not because Satan's behind a bush coming against us, but it's because you and I fail to put him first in our life. I mean, I struggled. I'm going to be honest. I struggled with sharing this message today. I struggled because I know it's heavy. I struggled because... I know all of us like to come in and get like a, a hurrah-like speech and we we'll go out and kind of live our life. 
But I truly felt like God was saying that if I didn't lean into that uncomfortableness and to share his heart and his perspective for our lives, then you would continue living life frustrated because no matter how hard you worked, nothing ever changed. And you would begin to blame God and blame circumstances and be confused about why you're the same way you were now than you were five years ago and 10 years ago. And and God's like, sometimes our lives end up that way because we get distracted. Because God becomes just another thing that we do in our life, not the main thing that we do in our life. I think of Peter, right? And Peter spent all night fishing and couldn't catch anything, right? And then he decides he's gonna give his boat to Jesus. (laughs) And then the boat couldn't contain all the fish that he caught. And I think the idea of this is that You keep fishing, you keep fishing to get your emotions in check, you keep fishing to get your finances in check, you keep fishing to get your relationships in check, you keep fishing and fishing, and you get frustrated after frustrated because every time you go fishing, you never come back with anything. And God's like, it's because you've not invited me into your boat. If you will invite me into your boat, then I will make what he talks about in Malachi, right? The windows of blessing open up. Let's not get all like laser focused on money here. Like blessings, the blessings of God isn't all about being rich and it's not about offerings and this message isn't about, oh, you need to sow a seed to get the the house back. We got an amazing house here. If you look at the New Testament, the house is here. It's not the brick and the mortar. It's this. And could it be that God is saying like, this house And your life is in ruins while you keep searching after all the things. This lies in ruins because you keep getting distracted by things that, again, aren't necessarily bad, but they're out of order. I learned this a long time ago, that the things that we get distracted by, right? Busyness and hobbies and career and boyfriends and girlfriends, the things that we get distracted by are never as important as the things that we get distracted from. God's purpose and his will in our life. Friend, every one of us are created for a specific purpose. The Bible says that he 
He wove us together in our mother's womb that you were created for the purpose that God has deposited inside of you. And you can spend the rest of your life chasing after all the things that you think is important to you and all the things that you think is gonna make you happy. But God's saying, listen, I created you for a purpose. And if you aren't walking in that purpose, then the rest of your life won't make sense and you'll live frustrated. And it's this call to all of us as we start 2023 that what are we gonna do about it? We see in this text that if we read the rest of the chapter that we notice that, that God gives the people of Israel two options, to repeat or to respond. They had two options, to repeat respond. They could repeat what they're doing and keep doing the same thing and, and hear the word of the Lord and just go back building their own homes and chasing their own careers and doing their own thing, or they could respond. They could respond by getting refocused on their purpose and the mission that God has called them to to seek and to save the lost and to make disciples, to make his kingdom a higher priority than our kingdom. And what's cool, like you read a lot of stuff in the Bible and we learn a lot in the Bible about mistakes that people made and I love that about scripture, like, like God, I mean, if you, think about, if you think about it, God could have allowed the Bible to be written with all success stories if he wanted to. But he loves you and I so much that he decided to fill it with unsuccessful stories so that we could relate and understand that God wants to use us just like he used them. But what I love about this is that it's not an unsuccessful story, it's a successful one. The Bible says later in the chapter that all of the people that all of this remnant that God had brought back to their homeland to rebuild the temple, that all of the people obeyed and they got refocused on the mission. And as a result, the Bible says that God blessed them. He blessed them with his presence and he blessed them with his power to do his purpose for their life. I love if you like look into the word play of, of the text that, it, that, that the word actually means he gives them enthusiasm to do the work of God. Friend, I believe that just like God presented the people of Israel these two options, that God today is presenting you and I the same two options. Are we going to repeat in our life? Are we going to keep doing the same thing and getting the same results, continually frustrated with how things end up, always coming up short in our dreams and our aspirations? Or are we 
like the people of Israel in this story? Are we going to obey and are we going to respond and get refocused on the kingdom of God, on his mission to put God first ahead of all of the other things in our life? I know this to be true. That most of us in this room, we seek his presence and we seek his power. But if you notice in the story, it didn't happen until they responded. God didn't bless them with his presence and bless him with, with the power and the, the, the willingness and the enthusiasm to go do what he's called him to do until they responded. And I think the question that God would pose to all of us today as we start into 2023 is how are we going to respond in this moment? Are we going to continue chasing after all the things? Are we going to continue to make Sunday church, just another check box that we check off in the week. We're going to continue to squeeze in a little bit of God whenever we have time. Keep living life frustrated. Keep asking the question, why God? Why does nothing ever change in my life? Why do I keep hitting my head on the same ceiling year after year after year? Or are we going to make the decision to respond by backing away from our life and all the things and having a larger perspective and saying, God, enable me with your presence and your power, enable me to take all of these things and to put you first ahead of all of them. And give me the wisdom to know what that looks like in my life. Doesn't mean that I need to make church more of a priority. I mean, have you ever noticed how easy it is for us to make time for all the other things, but we struggle to make time for God? Right? Or is it for me to put God first? Is it to, is it to sacrifice a few hours a week and to, and to serve God so that you can use me and you can use my experiences and the inadequacy of myself and the shortcomings of myself to make a difference in the lives of other people? God, are you challenging me in this season to trust you with my finances? To quit waiting to the end of the month and if anything's left over, then maybe I'll give that. But to be intentional about my giving and to put your kingdom above mine and to trust you at your word that if we will seek your kingdom first and your righteousness, that all these things my kids' financial future, their college scholarships, the car I want, the home that I'm wanting, 
to get out of this apartment, to be able to pay my bills, that God, instead of me putting that in my hands, assuming that I've got the wisdom to know how to stretch a dollar, that I'm gonna trust you and put you first. And I'm gonna put, like your word says, I'm gonna put you to the test. God, you say that you're faithful. You say that if I put you first, you will add all these things to you. Then let's try it. And you with a willing heart, trusting and being obedient, you say, God, I'm gonna give you this, believing that you're gonna provide all these things. Maybe for some of you, for some of you, you're in a relationship and you know the relationship is not the relationship God would have you in. And maybe the step for you is to look at that and to say, God, as much as this relationship feeds me and as much as the physical, that that enjoyment that I have and the time that I have, I know that this relationship has taken me in a direction away from you. And give me your presence and your power to be able to push away something that isn't of you in order to make room for you. Friend, I don't know what it is. But I do know this. That as a father who loves his three kids more than life itself, that at any moment I would step in front of a bullet or a car to spare their life. And as a father, the potential that I see inside of my kids, that I won't hesitate to step in and to bring discipline because I see something in them they don't yet see in themselves. And you've got to see that this message today isn't a God beating you upside the head, but it's a loving father that sees way more in you than you see in yourself. That it's a loving father that is saying, listen, you go down that road and you're going to get hurt and you're going to get disappointed and frustrated. Sure, it's a sacrifice to put me first. Sure, it's not easy. But if you'll trust me, if you'll trust your creator, the one that designed you, that weaved you into your mother's womb, that gave you everything you need to fulfill my purpose in your life, if you will trust me and put me first, I'll take care of all the rest. Friend, what decision will you make today? You gonna repeat what you're doing? Are you going to respond? You know, if the people of Israel would have continued doing the own thing, it would have moved from being distracted to disobedience because now they knew. And I think that's the challenge for all of us today. Now we know. Seek first the kingdom of God his righteousness everything my friend that is on your heart the things that you long for the things that you've been praying for that you desire God says 
let me show you how I'll work that out. With every head bowed and eye closed today, I really sensed like the Lord wanted to do something different at the end of the service today. Our team is gonna go back here in just a moment into that last song, Nothing Else. I love the words to that, nothing else. Like I'm gonna push aside all the things that nothing else will do but you, God. And as they start going into that song, we're gonna stand and here's my challenge to you. Make a choice. Are you gonna leave here repeating and doing the same things? Or are you gonna respond? And friend, if you're gonna choose to respond today, every response starts with a step. And I'm gonna challenge you to get out of your seat and to come up and find some place up here in the front and our team, our prayer team's gonna go around and we'll, we'll pray for you. But this is a moment between you and God. Friend, I had to take time this week to repent. To repent for seeking some things in my life ahead of the main thing. And I believe God is calling all of us into that moment today. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, it's, it's not easy. It's challenging. Lord, I would assume that there were some people that are sitting in here and their heart rate's going and they're just like, they're trying to resist. Like there's a little bit of anxiousness and, and all of that. But Lord, I pray that God in this moment, that your sweet Holy Spirit would fill this place. Lord, we invite the conviction of the Holy Spirit because it's not there to beat us up, it's there to show us a better way. And Father, we invite the conviction of your Holy Spirit into this very moment today. Lord, what would you have us do? And God, as we respond, we're believing that just like the people of Israel, you're gonna give us your presence, and your power in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.